I am Marie Shadows, your host, and you are listening to the Squared Circle Podcast, the best podcast you ever heard. The odd sensation of hearing your echo. Actually, it's not even an odd sensation anymore. I know we're live. Can you hear me? Or am I doing this wrong? Again. I mean, I can hear you. That's not cool. What do you mean it's not cool? That's what you wanted. Oh, no. I don't know what you said. I couldn't hear you. I was like, oh, no. We're going to have a, another freaking mess up again. Hello? Hi. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know if you were okay. Uh, we are waiting for Gio because Gio's not here with us. I have no idea where he's at. Just so you know, I am using Restream to have us both on YouTube and Twitch because I want to try something out. Okay. Um. By the way, are you hearing uh, my fan or no? Uh, no, not that I know of. Okay, cool. Just wanted to double check. It's okay, okay. freaking it's freaking hot. <laughs> I don't understand housing sometimes, but uh, I guess we could go into the opening. Um. Well, we won't. Well. I'll wait one minute, then we'll go into the opening. Cause we got some cool things to um to talk about before we get into the whole like wrestling stuff. Okay. Oh look at that. It's, a, it's seven after I said that. Um Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. You are listening to your host, Maria Shadows, and I am joined by Epic. Uh, Gia will probably be joining us uh, in a few when uh, he gets in, but we do have some cool stuff to talk about um, just in our opening. I have a new layout, which is kind of cool to show you guys the show notes because lately it's just been us talking, even though we've been on a good path, but I'd rather have it like there for you guys to look at also. Uh, so for the opening, uh, so we started our podcast earlier this month. Uh, the first one was on October 8th, and from then, um, I signed up to Anchor.fm, which is a podcasting host, a site, if you want to call it that way, um, and 
uh, I waited until we had like two episodes so I could like play around with it and able to get our stuff on other uh, podcast outlets. So we are currently on anchor.fm and we are currently on Spotify, which makes me super happy because uh, Talk is Jericho is also on Spotify and Jericho's band Fozzie is on Spotify. So that's a very, very cool thing for us to be along with a legend there too. So I was uh, happy that we got approved for that. So um, on my side, uh, I actually put a little browser there to show you that we are on anchor.fm and I hope that you guys can uh, see it. There is a scrolling bar on my side that tells you where we can be found and make sure to follow us to get any and all updates about when we go live and um, some cool adventures um, and stuff like that. I do know that uh, this weekend you guys will be getting a bonus video. Um, it will not be a podcast with the three of us, but it will be myself, um, our wrestling cousin, JD Alpha. We're going to be going to Jersey. We're going to be chronicling. We're going to be vlogging. And that is your special uh, bonus video there that will be uploaded over the weekend, hopefully Monday and right before next Tuesday when we talk about more wrestling and stuff like that. Um, the website, uh, square circle podcast is still under ravage lands production because ravage lands production incorporates writing, wrestling and gaming. Um, so the website is still being fixed up for you guys to venture onto there and either view the video and, or listen to the audio. Uh, so that's being worked on and I want to make it to the best user friendly to, what I can, um, and so far progress is good. Uh, is there anything else I have to mention in this awesome opening? Um, not at the moment, but um, Epic, if you want to throw in some stuff for the opening, you can. Um, I, I think I'm okay for now. We'll, we'll work on that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you can plug in whatever you want, dude. You're you're part of the team. You're part of the family. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Probably midway through. Maybe towards the end or something like that. All right. I, I really hope I... Um, <clears throat> well, I'm not, not really hope. I hope that Geo is, like, somewhere along and stuff. Um... Well, hold on. <clears throat> All right, so sorry about that. Um, so the first thing that I want to get into is the AEW dark matches. Uh, did you get the chance to like see them? Uh, I got a chance to see maybe a few of them. I, I might. I'll probably browse through it as we go along to kind of remember. All right. Uh, are we talking about? Well, we're not definitely talking about episode three because that's actually premiering now yeah it's premiering now um which we'll cover we'll cover that either next week um and stuff like that which i'm not we're not gonna do that right now um but last week uh the first match was uh a triple threat um and it was uh it was um sunny kiss versus um kip sabian and uh peter avalon who is the male librarian um I enjoyed that match. Um I forgot how cool it is to watch uh Sunny Kiss in the uh in the ring um and how magical uh he is with all of his um 
like acrobatics and stuff like that. I didn't know that was going to do a feedback. Okay, never mind. Um, But overall, I thought the match was good. Um, Kip Sabian won that one, um, and I'm still not sold on who he is. So if you have any info um, about him, you could always add it to the podcast. Um, I would probably say, like, um, I think a lot right now is just, like, if you're not familiar with his work, like, you know, very, very good in terms of his, uh, his fly, uh, high-flying uh, technicality. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like, I, I think it's, like, you know, even for me, I'm not, like, I'm not exposed to him. It's not so much sold on who he is, but, like, I'm, I'm more, like, not exposed to him as often. So it's, like, okay... Sunny Kiss I got a little bit more exposure on because of his uh, um, appearance on Lucha Underground and then, you know, uh, Peter Avalon on being the elite for uh, the recruits of the librarian. Yeah. So having all this going forward, so it's just like, you know, this is more exposure for the public as as opposed to uh, having everyone know who, who these people are and like so when they appear a lot more then it'd be like you know okay yeah I saw this person like I'm where are their capabilities so I think what's great about having AEW Dark at this point is you know having that exposure having uh, your name your brand out there amongst the public so they're familiar with you and who you are yeah I, I totally agree with that I like the way that they are going um, with aw dark uh because i don't know if we mentioned it um before um in uh, one of the other podcasts or i was probably talking about this with somebody but the fact that um wwe doesn't really show dark matches the only way that you know that wwe ever did a dark match is by when someone records it off their phone and that's like that's that's really bad i don't know why you know, they didn't think of it first and AEW had to capitalize on that, which they're doing very, very, very well. Hey, I have no idea who popped into the chat. Oh, Vortex. Hey, Vortex. And Vortex is hosting me on Twitch. Yay. It's all good. I know. At least you popped into the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have both the tabs open for YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. Um... So the other match that I thoroughly enjoyed and loved was um, Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega in a like lights out unsanctioned street fight match. Oh my god! That from start to finish, like I understood the story, and it was a story of very simply that you know Kenny didn't want to take any losses or whatnot because he was still upset about losing to Pac and then he has Moxley to uh, deal with and he wants to prove to Moxley that he could still be hardcore just like him and it's not just he's not just a myth in whatever he does so the story was there and him and Janela Janela both fighting both make each other look like a million bucks and I love that Um, I was yelling at the screen as if I would yell at my cousin for doing stupid moves um, and you know eventually might end up getting hurt but throughout the whole entire match it felt special it felt like um a very high priced match that should be on a on a pay-per-view but it wasn't and it was just really good overall 
Yeah, it was, it was very, very high octane, and uh, a lot. I, I read a lot of comments in regards to the match too, where it's just like you know, people are just saying like, "This is why Kenny Omega is known as the Belt Machine," and uh, what he brings to the table in terms of like uh, performance. And to, to an extent, I can uh, to, I can agree on that because like he he steps in the ring with an, anybody, and that like that that match turns into money. Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, it, it was a really good match, and like he, he did a solid, uh, no, not just for himself, but uh, for Janela too, for uh, for putting him over um, as well as he did in that match. And again, like it, it goes into like you know Kenny Omega, and he teased it uh, way back when in the um, uh, being the elite, uh, yeah. you know, tossing that uh, you know that psychology book around and stuff like that when people want to know the secret to his matches. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, student of the games, or like you, you know, like he knows his stuff and like that. Like you know, you can't really underestimate the guy. He knows what he's doing. Doesn't matter who he's uh, in the ring with. Um, like you know, again, that don't really matter. But uh, like he, he's there to, you know, make you be like well invested into the match. Yeah. Um. So I'm currently talking to to Gio at the moment. I'm telling him that like it's the same. Thing, what we did last week um into that little group thing um to add on to that um because i found it interesting that when i forgot i forgot who interviewed uh brit baker um but brit baker revealed that kenny omega is working with the aew women's division to make it better and i thought that was uh fantastic um and you know the the women overall like um, sometimes in general, when you watch women matches, some of them are afraid to like go full force like the men. And sometimes they slow down and like there's weird spots and awkward, uh, timing issues. But yeah. so far, um, I think whenever AEW puts on like a women's match, it's there. You could feel the magic. Um, and then you could see some of the mess ups, but it's not as much as like anything else you ever saw. You know, um, I think their women's division is is really good, and we just got to wait for the women division to blossom even more, because every other woman on that roster has to finish up their prior engagements to other companies. Um, but overall, I think that we're going to get a very solid women's division. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really great division. The fact that, like, again, it's just like um, they, they have a lot of good coaches and a lot of great. Um, performers, trainers, and everything in between to help them in that regard. Um, they have a very, very sound roster. Uh, and uh, what I could try to compare it to right now, like right now it's only a comparison up until they decide what they want to do with it, is like because like with every other promotion pushing a women's division, so we, we can see that like, you know, it kind of works to an extent and it kind of doesn't. Like the only two promotions that are able to push women uh to a pedestal to make it like you know amazing are obviously WWE mm-hmm. and impact wrestling right now. But like you had other promotions say like you know Ring of Honor, um Defiance slash uh Ball Culture Pro uh-huh. and all that other stuff. They they're trying to push like a, a women's roster but it hasn't been as successful. Um, say as like you know the North American counterparts, and it's been a tough sell. Um, mainly because like you know, um, lack of 
I would say lack of trying to be well it's my personal opinion anyway um you know like let's just say ring of honor for example like why their uh women of honor wrestling division is kind of garbage is yeah. like you know they they don't know what to do with, with the roster they're, they're sitting on a amount of talent and uh with like you know with their agreement i don't know if they still have an agreement or not with um as per uh stardom mm-hmm. like you know they they have like they they tried in the beginning it was amazing like they had um you know some of uh stardom's um top talent like oedo tai uh mayu iwatani yeah um only a, only like a few of them not all of them uh be able to showcase of a, a bit of a talent and show what like you know what you know japanese women's pro wrestling is all about at the same time though like i feel like you know immediately like unintentionally like it eclipses the homegrown talent um which is probably why i would say like you know unless they're looking for a big draw it's very hard for them to find a draw within their women's division without like you know because what you would find like you know on their main programming is they never push the women's wrestling at all you always find it uploaded onto youtube that's true at some point in time and it's just like if you actually incorporate it into your tv tapings you have a one match one yeah. match per episode and i think like you know like it'll be a tough sell like mm-hmm. because it feels like maybe it might be forced upon but like you're gonna have to push something like this along the line and it will for people to say yeah you know what like you know i didn't know that they have women's wrestling i might be invested in this the more and more i'll watch into this but like you know we won't know unless they you know they cross that bridge um that's a very 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 great point um which you know we should probably talk about ring of honor for like a tiny bit because i keep forgetting about them like i was so big on ring of honor when they had gabe um being the head writer and all that and they had some really good years and now it's just sort of like floating in between all this wrestling uh uh revolution i guess we want to call it i don't know but um but i totally agree with that like if anything, I don't think it's co- I don't think it's cheating or copying off of AEW if they just show one women's match every single week on a TV taping for Ring of Honor because then that shows that they're going to be invested in their women and um, that's what's sort of lacking, um, you know, for Ring of Honor for me that like it's not enough. Um, it's just guys that I don't really watch because everyone either got taken up by wwe or they went to japan or aew got them and stuff like that but in order to be invested they should probably have one women's match every week to showcase that you know we care too we're trying to find something that you know fits us and stuff like that uh just so that ring of honor could still be relevant because i've you know in the beginning we thought ring of honor would be the answer to like taking down wwe at that point you know, in that year, but we're not there. Um, I do kind of miss Ring of Honor, though. I miss watching it. I miss having the uh, subscription uh, that I no longer have with the like Ring of Honor like streaming network. Um, did you ever have it? I, I never have. No, like it again. Like even for me, it was really, really hard to um, like you know really be invested in certain products. Like there were times like oh, uh, like actually, um. I'll go to their shows when they come out to Toronto. Like, that's how excited I would be. But, like, mm. you know, again, like, you know, 
uh, for me at that time period, uh, as great as the Ring of Honor talent was, like, you know, for me, I was more invested into seeing the New Japan talent that were coming into uh, the fold. Which, by the way, I guess we could just go, go into uh, New Japan very quickly. Did you get the chance to either see or read about their press conference? Yes. Yeah, so if you guys have not, and I, I know Marie Shadows is very, very excited about this, is that uh, New Japan is actually looking to open. Oh, actually, they, they have already put pen to ink, but it's more so of a kind of figuring it out when is um, they're bringing New Japan to America. So that that's officially a thing. I'll make I'll make sure to cue in the um, the claps there, and the reason why it's so exciting in like today's wrestling is because I love watching like New Japan, and that was thanks to Kenny and the Bullet Club and all of that uh, fun goodness that introduced me to New Japan. And so you know, I like um, Okada and Tanahashi, and I thought Tanahashi would be great in WWE and. I wrote a script about that and WWE never took it. So it's still mine, um, which I'm always going to put that over. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's other guys there that I love watching because they have talent. They have the passion and the drive uh, for anything, especially Ibushi. Um, I am wearing a Golden Lovers t-shirt. Um, but the cool thing was that, um, you know, now they get to expand their market. They get to expand their audience. Um, and I think every time they're going to hit a city, it's going to be uh, like the roof is going to be blown off because uh, people don't really tend to watch Japanese wrestling. Then you have fans that are like, oh, that's not for me. And then you're like, hey, you better watch this because it's something different. It's something new. It's exciting. Um, I do remember that New Japan did come to New York City not too long ago. And the only reason why I wasn't there is because I was attending something else. And I think it was the same time that my cousin had a freaking wrestling match. And I found out that same day New, J New Japan was here. And I was like, damn it. If I knew, I probably would have had to made the hardest decision to whether to go to his match to record his, his match or um, go visit New Japan for the first time. You know, um, yeah. I, I was not able to get those tickets when Ring of Honor and New Japan did the crossover for Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's only because Madison Square Garden kept the info from my boo, and that was about it. Uh, but that would have been the first time, too. But super excited uh, about that. And for those watching, just make sure to leave a comment about, you know, if you're excited to have New Japan finally come to the States, maybe uh, Epic, if we want to entertain this, maybe the partnership with AEW can happen. Um, from what I remember... Um... That is still uh, very uh, sensitive territory for a for not AEW for New Japan because back at the time of forming uh, AEW, um, as you remember, they uh, New Japan had a lot of I guess plans for um, some of the talent that went to AEW for their main roster in New Japan. Uh huh. And uh, what had happened was because of the launch and everything and the exclusiveness uh, with their um, with their contract details is that it really took a lot of momentum away from New Japan and what they wanted to do with those guys. And they're really, really salty about that. So that relationship right now as we speak is still, I guess, in that salty level. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, 
you know, as, as much as we want it to happen, it's just um, right now the work relationship may take uh, a little bit of work, but uh, hopefully for what it's worth later on in the future that, you know, it does work out and gets a whole lot better and we get to see the quality of matches that, you know, the world would want to see. But there's a reason why, like, you know, New Japan is refusing to work with AEW at the moment is because of, like, you know, uh, I believe that they had a plan for uh, Trent Beretta to have him pushed in the heavyweight division. Uh, okay. And because wow. um, because he was supposed to be slated to, I believe, in New Japan's eyes, to win the uh, uh, the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Oh, okay. Uh, so, because like now that that plans are up and out of the window, mm-hmm. um, they're just like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna, I guess, you know, go still continue with like, you know, Juice Robinson slash maybe invest into another new face, and you know, maybe. Th- you know, cue John Moxley sort of thing, but yeah, you know the fact that like you know, it took a while for uh, you know Kenny Omega to make his decision because not many people knew what he was going to do. Yeah, whether or not that you know that this was going to affect the decision because like you know, um, I think around maybe before the time that AEW were into talks. There, there's like a lot of talk. People just expecting, like you know, Kenny Omega to sign with WWE. Crap! Did you hear that? Oh no! Hello? Wait! Crap! What the hell happened? We got technical difficulties. I have no idea. Um. I have no idea what happened. Hold on. Uh. Not cool. I have no idea what the fuck happened. What? Do, how do I do this? Uh. Do I just? Like, it's hard to tell who in the company has that say right now because, like, now that Bushi Road is now acquired stardom. Hey, Epic. So, my laptop did some technical difficulties. So, like, that part after you were saying um, Kenny, uh, you know, got disrespected and all that, I don't know if they heard it on my side. Okay. Sorry, man. Um, but it seems that Gio is with us now. I guess that's what caused it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gio, say something if you're with us. I think that's what fucking caused it. All right, go ahead, Epic. Go, go ahead and explain. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, you know, Kenny, again, leaving uh, for greener pastures after his term was up with uh, New Japan because, like, everyone knew he was leaving, um, you know, towards the end of, like, you know, his... Uh, match uh, with Tanahashi. Yeah. That was a freaking emotional match. Much of an emotional match. Like, a lot of people invested into the idea of, like, you know, Kenny being the uh, the new torchbearer, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. So, I mean, like, you know, he... As much as I like the guy, because, like, you know, again, like, maybe, like, you know, 
Canadian guys stick together, whatever. But I mean, um, <laughs> from a from a booking standpoint, from like you know, I, I guess like you know, uh, a fan standpoint, um, it, it was really really bad on Omega's uh, reign. You know, as invested as people felt into his build towards that point, yeah. Uh, to me personally, like it felt very very lack luster as compared to let's just say like you know his, the previous holder okada you mm. know just um yeah the, the, the same type of momentum wasn't there as it was like let's just say when he had that momentum going for him uh before winning the g1 i believe yeah he won he won the g1 he should have yeah, won so, the g1 i mean yeah like there, there should have been a like that should have been the point then and by a booking standard i can understand you know them saying like you know maybe it might be a bit too soon maybe he needs to kind of prove himself a little bit more and um perhaps that's what they did yeah but like i felt like it was too long and by then it was like already like okay well like it's already one and done like now it's like if kenny omega then at that time thought you know maybe i should probably look into greener pastures and it's just like okay you're gonna slap a belt on the, now a transitional champion yeah pretty uh, much in your business and i felt uh i felt a little bit cheated with it because like his uh title defenses could have been a whole lot better like i understand with some of the matches he did with some of the guys was pretty good like, you know, he helped put a, like, you know, a few of the other guys over who didn't get heavyweight championship opportunities. Uh-huh. Um, but again, like, I felt like, you know, the, the quality of the matches he could have had with some of the talent then could have been really good. Uh, it's just a shame we never really got to see it because, like, you know, of the place and time and where, like, you know, he, he was going with it. Yeah, that's uh, totally fine. Um, so let's put a pause on... Uh... New Japan, I think we covered everything for that. We will get back to uh, Kenny Omega in a little bit. Uh, Gio, you could join us, man. I want to give a little time for Gio to say something. Because he just right. he just typed in the, in the Discord, and I'm just like, you know, Gio. Because I do want to get into um, AE Dynamite. AEW Dynamite. My God. Uh, All right. Um, Take us into it. All right, uh, Gio, just jump in whenever you want to. You could totally interrupt us. It's totally fine. Um, so, okay, the opening for AEW was go- was going to be the um, for the tag team tournament. Um, basically, it was going to be SCU, which by SCU. the which by the way, our podcast is SCP, uh, which. I love doing that. Anyway, um, so it was SCU versus uh, damn it, who the, who were they fighting? Uh, Jurassic Express. No, because Jurassic Express was supposed to be fighting the Lucha Bros, and I want to get into that. That's later. No, uh, was it not? They're supposed to be against. Uh... Oh wait, it was um, wasn't it that tag team of uh, best friends? It was Best Friends. Best Friends versus SCU. Because Best Friends is no longer in the tag team tournament. 
And I just watched this yesterday. Okay. Right, right, right. It was uh, versus Best Friends, yeah. Okay. Uh, Best Friends is cool. They obviously been tagging a while, and they have some pretty cool tag moves. Um, I... Uh, I guess it was kind of cool that uh, Christopher Daniels decided to let, um, you know, get, Scorpio Sky. yeah, let Scorpio Sky get in with uh, Frankie Kazarian and whatnot. I thought that was pretty cool on his part, um, just because, you know, maybe this could be the chance that Scorpio Sky shows the world who he is, because I still don't know who he is. I just know he's part of SCU. And he's huge friends with everybody else. And he does have great athletic ability. And he's pretty funny. If you ever saw him on, like, Being the Elite and, like, all those little skits and everything, like, he's totally great with that. Um, overall, the match was okay. Um, I have nothing else to add towards it unless you do Epic. Um, I felt like, you know, again, for the type of uh, the caliber of match that, you know, uh, Seppelman had, especially with Trent Beretta, uh, with his athletic capabilities, uh, you know, Chucky T with his stuff, um, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that whole entire segment was a huge uh, focal point for um, uh, for Scorpio Sky. Like, you know, him, him getting the spotlight, getting the nod from uh, Christopher Daniels to uh, take the spot in the matchup because he's not Yeah. Uh, by the Lucha Brothers, so... Uh, again, like, you know, much like Marie said, it was just like, you know, um, not, I guess, not many of the general public will say, like, you know, you know, yeah, we like Scorpio Sky, but it's more like, you know, who's Scorpio Sky? Yeah. Um, I would really love to know how he got his ring name. I would love to know that. Um, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't answer it. You can't answer it. And maybe if I cut this piece out and I like, just tweet it to him, he'll probably answer me. But, That'd be great. I just want to know how he got it. Um, what was? Do you have the card up? Um, so I have the card up. Um, so we had uh, we had Santana and Ortiz versus uh, some jobbers. Yeah. Um, those guys. Wow. Um, I don't know. They kind of look familiar, as if like. They were, they had been on WWE as jobbers and now they're on AEW as jobbers, or they've probably been with AEW for a while and I don't know. I have no idea. But I just want to comment on John Silver's name. I bet he gets a lot of um, jokes because of John Silver, like the fish restaurant that, you know, you see in commercials. So I was just like, I was just like, couldn't you just pick a better name? But that's, you know, that's just me. Um, they were, they were good as a tag team. Um and uh crap, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know, dude. Whatever else you want to add to it. <laughs> um it, it was basically a squash match to get people um you know in, in, into the fact that like you know that uh what Jericho mentioned about um the guys uh last week as introduction, you know, introduced them as a bunch of psychopaths. Yeah. Essentially. So like, you know, they, they got a chance to like, you know, show like, you know, that mad dog grit and mentality in terms of their uh ring style. So it, it was pretty good to see that and to have that a little bit highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um great way to use like, you know, a set of jobbers for that 
uh, sole purpose. So as opposed to squashing talent. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely that. Because uh, the whole internet would have probably blown up if um, Ortiz and Santana would have um, like uh, defeated some well-known tag team, and you know they would have like totally exploded the the Twitter world. Yeah, Twitter world would have exploded. It's like you know, it's amazing the thing is, but like you know, you can also save these type of matches um, for pay per views or for the show itself. Like once the tag team tournament is over, or during the tag team tournament, it's just yeah, like, you know, just keep the uh, yeah, you know, just just keep that hype alive in the tag team division. Just definitely, like, definitely. Say, you know, even though they lost, now mm-hmm. they can keep themselves in the hunt. Yeah, because you know, with a win like this, like you know, they they can still show that they're a credible threat. Um, I also wanted to mention too that right after the match when they were going up the ramp and they were um on top of the ramp, uh in comes a video of Chris Jericho uh basically throwing out the challenge and the issue to the Young Bucks that, you know, his tag team Ortiz and Santana wants to face the Young Bucks and beat them down pretty badly. And I think that's a really great approach to how to handle stuff rather than um Ortiz and Santana uh, basically issuing it themselves. I like the fact that Jericho's taking control of that to be like, oh, these are my guys, and I want them booked in specific type of matches against specific type of people in AEW that has wronged him, because I think Jericho has yet to get his thank you from the whole entire AEW crew. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, you know, with that sort of thing... Uh mentioned yeah it's good that like you know jericho has the reins on his faction where mm-hmm. he plays them out that, like you know if there's anything that needs to be highlighted anything that can be said mm-hmm. that like you know it'd be through him yeah as opposed to his guys just acting out which i think it makes it kind of i don't know if, if his faction makes it different um than any other faction that we ever saw in professional wrestling that does that um unless you could think of one that did um, in terms of like holding the reins as tight as Jericho is doing, I think like you know well, when we thought about like you know uh, the Nexus when they first appeared or like the core anything under Barrett's control, mm. but part of it part of it was Barrett, but most of it was uh, creative. Like I yeah, like Barrett had a lot more as a, as a say to what he wanted to do with that that could have been a whole lot better. Like, you know, the impact was there. Um, like, you know, the mic skills were there. Like, yeah. For him just being the mouthpiece of the group. Because, like, you know, there's absolutely no way you can get PJ Black to say anything remotely threatening on a mic. Same with Heath Slater. Yeah. Um, like, I'm pretty sure these, like, you know, with uh, Jericho's guys, like, you know, I'm pretty sure with, obviously, Jake Hager could cut a mean promo. Yeah. Um, Ortiz and Santana could cut a mean promo, but... You cannot sell me on Sammy Guevara. <laughs> like, you cannot sell me that this guy is a credible threat as a heel on the mic. Like, this guy is a baby. Who's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, you, you can throw him as a heel, and, like, you know, you could probably try to shove it as far down my throat as possible, but that thing's coming right back out. Um, so I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I will not try to entertain the fact that he could probably be a good heel on the mic. He still needs some work, but through and through, he looks like a complete baby face uh, trying to be arrogant. But for some reason, when he's arrogant, it kind of works only because I kind of grew up around 
you know, people like that in my environment. So, like, I can say, yeah, it works. Plus, anyway, I'm a fan of his uh, his vlogs and stuff like that and how he does uh, his stuff. But through and through, this guy is a huge baby face. Um, but he's trying something different. And I will give him credit for that. Um, it's just that he's going to have to learn from Jericho on how to work his character in order to make you believe that he's an actual heel. Yeah. Yeah, then that, that's where Jericho comes in. It's just like, you know, like when uh, Jericho humored the fact that, like, um, it's like, you know, these guys are my confidants. Like, you know, uh, like, you know, when, when these guys, uh, you know, when uh, when I found them, like, these were the type of guys I wanted to, like, you know, I wanted to be around with, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, eh, you could have put somebody <laughs> other than Sammy Guevara, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he could have. Um, do you have any suggestions of what who Jericho could have picked? Um, hold on, let, let me go back to the roster real quick. <laughs> I feel like I have to read down the roster. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, Sammy is at the right place at the right time for his career, you know. Um, I mean, being there in the beginning, yes, that, yeah, that does do wonders for him. Like, um, I felt like Pac would have been an easy pick. Yeah, but um, Pac is like a dangerous Pac. guy, man. Pac is a dangerous guy, but I can't see him being a lackey at the same time. So yeah, I like that they didn't go with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like if Paige, if oh. they built on a Paige Shields. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. You know how amazing that would have been at that point in time for everyone to trust Paige and Paige yeah. 180? Um, that that would have sold me, like, you know, after the match with Jericho and stuff like yeah. that. Like, you know, you know, they could have built on something where it's just like, you know, me and Paige, like, you know, we took ourselves to hell and back for this championship. Yeah, definitely. I've never seen so much, like, you know, it, it's passion determining one guy. Like, you know, that's one thing we had in common. And, like, you know, if they had really, really built on the respect aspect and the fact that, like, you know, you know, if, if Paige wanted to go somewhere else and yeah. like, do it under the elite yeah. sort of uh, banner, like, that would have been a great selling story point for me, where it's just like, holy crap. That, like, you know, I I could have would have expected, but it's just more of a matter of, like, you know, when, when were we expecting it? Yeah. And that that would have been a great point to go about it. Um, I kind of want to like push your push your idea further if I can. So like, cause um, you know that that got me like super excited. I was like, we how could we didn't think about it? Like Paige could have like did a, t- a heel turn or whatever. But you're right. Um, ever since losing to Jericho, he's been on like this downward kind of spiral. Uh, his wrestling has not like declined at all. It was just like, you know, his character and his thinking and stuff like that. And if you've ever watched like, you know, being the elite, um, it has been like alluded that like, you know, um, apparently I think in one episode, the Young Bucks, you know, basically was disappointed in Paige and they were like, Hey, where, where were you? Uh, when they had like that three man, tag team thing going on and then um just recently yeah there we go yeah um and then just recently in this uh being the elite episode this past monday um uh kenny was talking with uh page but like you know uh kenny was like we got the win you know uh we we got the win over the guys which we're gonna go over that match in a little bit but um you know it was just the whole 
standoffish that Paige was giving towards Kenny in that episode where it was just like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever, you know, you won, blah, 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 and then he left. So that would have been, that would have been great. It's adding fire to the fuel and all that kind of stuff. Um, and just to make a quick mention too, for everyone that's listening out there, if you have not watched Being the Elite, and this is not a paid sponsor thing, it's just my personal thing because I love Being the Elite. Um, these guys are making characters grow and stories grow within Being the Elite episodes that translates towards the AEW Dynamite um, episodes that we see every Wednesday and every Tuesday in AEW Dark. So I highly suggest you guys go check it out and give them a subscribe. And this is not a paid endorsement at all. It's just that I love their products. Um, what's the what's the next uh, match on there? Uh, the next match after that, uh, after the squash match, was uh, Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express. Oh my god, do you want to take this first before I go off on this? I'm going to go off on it in a good way. Um, basically, I'll just go over the uh, the clip notes. So basically, uh, Luchasaurus, who was stated to be in the match, did suffer an injury, uh, did have to pull himself out of the match, which was very, very unfortunate, but... It gave a lot of exposure to the other boys in the match. So, uh, Boy and Marco Stunt, which was really good. All right. So, I know that the Twitter world kind of broke. And it was all freaking negative against Marco Stunt. Ladies and gentlemen, professional wrestling is definitely not for everyone. And it's um, if it's not what you like, then, you know, you don't have to continue to watch it. But I do know that if you keep watching Marco Stunt on AEW programming, you're eventually going to like it. That whole entire match from start to finish had an excellent story. Uh, after the match, uh, Marco Stunt became... Even, I think, before or after he became Babysaurus, which, like, it's totally cool for the whole entire Jurassic Express, like, character development. Um, sometimes you have to realize that gimmicks are not really dead 100%, and these are, like, fantastic gimmicks. Um, the Lucha Bros made Marco Stunt look like a million bucks in that ring, and yeah, while he does look like a man-child, according to Jim Cornette, he put on one hell of a show. Like, I believe that uh, someone of that size, if you throw them, like a lawn dart, and the other guy catches him and does a DDT, I believe that's gonna work. Physics, guys. I never took a physics this class but physics um yeah right just physics like come on we discovered gravity um but um it made marco stunt look like a million bucks and i hated all the negative comments that i saw on there and um that's not cool anybody could be a wrestler despite their size he worked really hard for it you know don't just bring him down because he doesn't look like the type of wrestler that should be in there um and yeah he sort of does remind you of Rey Mysterio when Rey Mysterio first started like before he got the muscles before everything else so it works with that comparison Jungle Boy is great uh like all of his speed and all of his moves were so fluid and it just translated well from one move to another to another to another and i couldn't believe what i was watching it was a special type of match and i love that um you know they actually had to showcase these two because of luciosaurus's unfortunate uh hamstring uh injury that he had 
Um, but I do have to say that um, when they were at the, um, when they were taking their break, that it was a kind of a little weird because, you know, the Lucha Bros are beating on Marco's stunt so bad. But then that's to build up the fact that he's such a resilient guy that he's not going to lay down for anybody despite his size. And he's going to be the ultimate underdog and he has a bright future. And I'm happy that, you know, now we have our Luchasaurus, our Jungle Boy and our Babysaurus. I loved it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I do not care what anyone says out there negative wise. Like, I love this team and I want a freaking (laughs) t-shirt. I really do. I was like, I am sold. I want a t-shirt and all that. And uh, yeah, you know. Uh, pretty much. That's what I had to say about it. Um, I also did not like Jim Cornette's take, but you know, that's the first time I ever listened to Jim Cornette's podcast. Uh, for that, um, I have nothing bad against the guy. It's just, it's you know, we're he's just, uh, old school, Mark. He's I so think. old school, man. One hundred percent so old school. I just can't. I just can't get behind him open to concept but the thing is like you know i i, I get uh where he's coming at a lot of gimmicks a lot of concepts i would probably say a good um oh, geez what's a good percentage to work with uh 80 percent because sometimes they work and sometimes they don't and yeah a lot of times they don't like and i get it whatever but what, what are we gonna do about it but these guys are just take uh basically it's hook a gimmick and they ran with it and the thing is is like you know it's a lot of commitment to stay with the um to stay with the gimmick like it is everyone can stay true to the gimmick so the fact that like you know these guys like you know are running a ragtag um trio you know just like uh for whatever gimmick that they're given for any given reason like you know they they made it work Whereas, like, you know, everyone else sees this, like, you know, I can't believe that they're making this a thing. Why not make it a thing? And why not believe into it? Like, you know, um, if they're going to make it, like, you know, their thing, then, like, you know, you owe it up to, like, you know, to yourself to get invested into seeing where this thing draws out. Definitely, man. I totally agree with that. Um, Gio, did you finally press the, like, voice connect on the thing? I saw it. Like you had it. Now I can hear you. Yeah, you might have to raise your volume up a little bit more. Test, test. Yeah, your your volume is still low, dude. Do you want to add anything about the Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros? Because that thing got me winded. Uh, I think you could put this volume on your control panel on Discord. I could. Yeah. You're gonna have uh, to like walk me through that because I don't know what I don't know how to do that. Give me a sec. I'm trying to. Oh, I got it! I got it. Yeah, yeah. And all right, go ahead, Gio. Say something. Hello. I did not know we could do this. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> I love how you casually say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead, Gio. Say something. 
still low. Maybe if I raise it to 200. Could be you. Luckily, this is live. There's no resets. Well, he's still low, but I'm just saying I'm saying that this. Luckily, this is live. All right. Oh, go ahead, dude. All right. No, I can't hear him at all. Yeah, he was he was going in and out. I don't know what's up. Um, I have his user volume all the way up, but I have nothing else like here pressed. Is he using the same laptop that he was on last time? I have no idea, dude. No. Oh. Oh, that's why. You're using oh, you the, phone? the phone. Yes. Shouldn't it still be okay? It should still be okay. Um, are you set or you got a speakerphone or? Headset, headset. Headset? Okay. Oh. Uh, I guess you could try again for what, wherever you left off at. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening. Um, it might be a faulty headset. It could be that, um, and I don't want to be rude. Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm trying to uh, identify the issue for him just so we could, you know, help identify the issue so we could hear him. Yeah. Like, you know, worst case scenario, he takes out the headset and then it's just speaker, the right? To his ear. Yeah. Once. You could try that by taking the headset out and then like using it as like a loudspeaker type ish thing. Got a conference call. Yeah. And now he put himself on mute. I think he's trying to figure it out, maybe. I have no idea what to do. I would uh, insert something here, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish I could help him out with that. I'm sure. I know. Try to identify the issue. You know what? Me and him should... Oh, he just disconnected himself. Um, me and him should probably do a run test and see what happens on, like, a day that's not, like, podcast-oriented. Just to see. Yeah, yeah I should probably so do that with him. With yeah. Um, Alright, either way, we're gonna continue. Sorry for all the technical difficulties, um, Gio. We're gonna continue to go on. Um, if you happen to if it works out the way that we're probably thinking that it should work out, just jump in, interrupt me or Epic, and we'll see what happens. It's totally fine to interrupt. Um, <clears throat> so after the awesome tag match, uh, we're skipping the women's match, right? Are we skipping the women's match? Well, no, we're not. We're not skipping it. That was more of a question. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Um, so it was Rio versus Britt Baker and. Um, I had made a joke saying that, um, you know, I it's I don't think it's a joke because I really want it to happen. I really want Britt Baker to be my dentist because uh, I trust her because she's a wrestler. 
Um, but I don't know when we were, we'll be able to go down to Florida just to, um, go visit her practice. Um, it was a good match overall between her and Rio and, um, they only messed up once. Um, it was a little awkward exchange. They didn't know. I think so. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, I think a very obvious, uh, miscommunication. Yeah. That definitely was, um, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so let me just, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Are you not using your headset? No, I'm actually, am. I just had to turn it to the, uh, normal voice talking. Ah. Uh, oh, he's not using press to talk anymore. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I still gotta learn Discord. Um, but yeah, back to the match. <laughs> uh, back to the match quickly. Um, I was not expecting Rio to come out on top only because uh, Britt was hitting her with a lot of uh, like hard pressing moves, if you want to call it that. Um, but, you know, because of uh, Rio's size, I could understand why the finish happened the way that it did. Because I could see her in future matches getting the surprise win just because of her size and her speed and like her outthinking her opponent. But I, that's something I don't want them to abuse a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, you know, I, I don't want her to be the underdog for too long. Like, she's your champion now. Like, okay, how are you going to book this champion according to? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, if you're going to give her the forever underdog push, and like, it undermines the championship, I feel. Like, like, you know, and who you're trying to boost as the face of your division. Uh, Gio? Yeah, I would like that too, but uh, that's why we have the uh, AEW Dark for now, so I don't mind um, whatever doesn't get shown on national television, at least um, what what are they up to? Like 500,000 subscribers can watch the other matches on YouTube, so it still gets some type of recognition, um, but Eventually, I think that they will bring it up to two women's matches. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's still a learning process for them. Yeah. Right now, they're trying to establish uh, the big guy uh, storylines and stuff like that. So that's what they're doing. Um, speaking of, uh, like, you know, top guys, big guy storylines, um... It is the tag match of uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Pac and uh, Moxley, um, which overall felt really nice. Um, Moxley does turn on uh, Pac, um, you know, halfway through, and uh, basically Adam Page ends up getting the uh, the win um, for the team, and uh, it was nice. It's Pac. It's Pac. We'll go with Pac. Um, evil Pac, whatever you want to call it. It was good to see those two try to work together 
joke. I was like, well, these two will have an eventual match, and then they, they advertise it for next week. I was like, look at them. Hmm, which is nice. I like how quick they are with, like, making matches that people want to see that, you know, it will go over well. Yeah, they really put it together. Like, okay, we got this. Oh, yeah, we got the email. We're planning for this week. Let's prepare for next week. I guess that's how they go. Epic, you want to add anything to that tag match? I thought the tag match was really, really good. It, uh, it helped kind of resolve a few issues, but it, uh, go into more of the storyline between all four men. Mm-hmm. With uh, Omega having something with both Moxley and Pac, and as opposed to Adam Page having this unresolved issue with Pac. So it's good that they're still exploring the thing. Now it opens up a new... Uh, a new path of sorts within that, that four-way now having Pac uh, versus uh, Moxley due to how Moxley runs you know him being I guess like you know let's just say a lunatic fringe uh, sort of persona and just kind of acting out like regardless if you're on his team or on the opposite side of the ring as own like you know he, it, like you know he's not to be trusted yeah uh, which is totally true um, so the main event of AEW Dynamite on, uh, 10-16 was, uh, the AEW champion Chris Jericho defending his title against Darby Allen. Wow. Uh, first of all, we should, um, all congratulate, uh, Chris Jericho for reaching 29 years in the business. October 2nd marked, uh, his 29th year which is impressive. And then JR said that Darby Allen is only 22 years old. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? This dude is 22 years old. Like I, oh my God, I was, it was bothered. What happened? Like the dude's still a baby. Yeah, he is. Um, I just want to mention that Jericho made Darby Allen look like a million bucks in this match. Um, you know, Jericho is the best at what he does and to have Darby Allen in there who is really good at his craft and very um, fast and everything. It felt really good. Um, I was kind of laughing that, um, you know, when Jericho took out the duct tape and duct tape his hands, uh, Darby's hands behind his back, um, JR said, have you ever seen this before in pro wrestling? You know, something like that. And I was just there like John Cena did it. Uh, he duct taped, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what I thought of. And if I was on commentary, I would have said it. I would have been like, John Cena did it, you know? Um, but it just proved that Darby wasn't going to go down without a fight. Um, and that he's a major contender in AEW. And I do like the fact that AEW got Darby early because apparently he's only been four years in the business. I don't know if that's entirely true, but I had said last time on the podcast that I had saw Darby Allen fight Chris Hero at one of the Evolve shows, and he was really good then. If Darby Allen would have probably stayed in the Indies, I don't think he would be uh, sort of known. Like he'll still try to find himself and work a uh, hundred and like twenty times harder than like how how he works now. So I think AEW getting him this early is kind of good for his exposure. Because at the same time, it's going to be like, oh, who is he really? And you don't really want this guy to fade away because you know he's something special. 
Um, and here's the thing that um, that we used in the, the fighting game community in terms to what you're saying. I feel like, you know, it's great to be that guy, but you don't want to be that that prospect, uh, that name for too long. Because, like, you know, you're someone to watch out for, yet at the same time, like, you know, now it puts eyes on you to say, okay, um, now you're you're a talent. People are praising you for your things. Now, what are you going to do with this with this praise that you're getting? Are you going to become better, or are you going to still sit at that that level of where you started? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, crap. Oh. Um, so, Jira, you want to add anything to that? I almost thought he was going to win. Are you talking? Oh, I definitely knew he wasn't going Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of knew he wasn't. But, you know, he wasn't, but, you know, you got to believe, so. <laughs> those few last seconds, and he was duct tape, mind you, and he was going to go for, I believe, a moonsault, but the pain maker. Nice to see on TV. Yeah, um, I do want to talk about that ending though. I did not, um, I didn't, even though it was a street fight and street fights don't have DQs because you don't want to be WWE with that, um, I especially thought, in the main event. Yes, what the call outs <laughs> on the spots in that match were uh, a little ridiculous, you know, the, the rope breaks and everything because, like, you know, Jericho was just looking like he was just like. Oh, bitch, what you doing? Oh, <laughs> I, oh my gosh. I see. I wasn't even going there. I didn't realize that um there were, well, yeah, there were rope breaks. Like Darby, like got to the rope several times. I was just gonna talk about Jake Hager coming in and like you know knocking the kid out, and then bam, one, two, three, Jericho retains the title, and there's a celebration in the ring. Um, with the bubble. Yeah, uh, I was, I was talking about that you know um that made it felt like it was kind of weak i don't know i think i wanted sort of like a quote-unquote clean ending for this i don't know uh i think i know what you wanted with that clean ending and i definitely agree like yeah jericho is a credible champion he is a credible guy like they, they should have gave him that believable win definitely and it's just like okay now you just like you know made Jericho seemed like he's struggling against younger talent. If if that's the angle that they're going for, great. Like, sell me on it a little bit more with, with the other guys on the roster. But, like, you know, if you're going to do the one and done, especially with, like, you know, a guy like Darby Allen, then it's just like, you know, what else are you going to try to sell me on, like, to make it as believable at that point? Yeah, that's true, too. Because it just felt off. It felt rushed because I guess they had, like, uh, all their main events is usually, you know, this match is scheduled for one fall with TV time remaining. So it must, it could have been that, which I think they're gonna. The, uh, for television. What happened? I think like maybe they might have been on time constraint for uh for TV. Yeah, which I think in the future they might have to tighten that up a bit because I don't want an ending to feel rushed or cheated. Especially for a championship match. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, cause then, you know, Twitter is going to break out into WCW, 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 and it's going to be like, stop yeah, it. It's getting a lot of that already. Yeah. Which I think, yeah. Um, uh, so, 
Uh, I think that covers AEW, and I want to move into WWE because there's two different things I want to talk about, uh, which includes... Well, first, do you guys have overall comments about WWE? We'll start with that. Overall comments? Yeah, like, you know, if you guys did watch either Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, if you want to give some shining light to anything that stood out that you want to talk about. Because I honestly have not been watching the product. I've only been seeing stuff on Twitter. Um, So, yeah, if you guys want to do that. Because there are, like, two other specific stuff I want to talk about. Um, I to be honest, I haven't really been watching the product. I like been trying to, but it's really, really been hard to uh kind of sit through it uh to see what kind of like you know thing they're gonna try to get me invested into uh-huh. uh for for the week. And uh for what it is right now, it's just like you know it, you know, right now they got the uh Alaska's Lesnar th- angle. That- Oh my god! Push. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things that they're trying to do. Um, hold on. What What was that, Gio? Yeah, dude. Um, totally agree with that. Um. Come on, OBS, don't mess up on me now. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, they I agree that they didn't really like earn it, earn it. Um, but all right, so let me just get into the specific things that I want to talk about. So while I was scrolling through my Twitter uh timeline, there's obviously one fan that always like you know does play by play stuff. So apparently, after Raw, there was a dark match to give the crowd. And it was Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt in another freaking cage match. Why does this keep happening? Why? (laughs) I don't get it. They have the red filter. They have these guys fighting. It still ends with Seth Rollins holding the belt. There's nothing different. Um, And I don't think that's a way to get people invested in something that you killed. Um, Do you guys want to dissect this? Like... Do you guys have any theories as to why WWE keeps fucking doing this shit? Either they want to piss off a lot of fans, or uh, they want to test the waters to see if they probably, how far they can go with the theme, but I don't think they should have done a championship match, much less a cage match. But isn't the theme on SmackDown and and Seth is on yeah, but they're uh, they're settling the feud. So I feel like what they're doing with Crown Jewel is that, like, you know, even with the the rosters being drafted, I think that they're going to settle whatever that they um, settle the feuds, current feuds right now, and then they're probably going to dissolve after this. I hope anyway, but. I feel like, you know, having this separate roster BS is, like, you know, still absolutely enough. Um, you know, you still have guys jumping back and forth between the rosters and, like, um, like they're just proving that this draft thing, it, like, it means absolutely nothing right now. It's just, like, you, you're spending a lot of time 
uh, investing a lot of things to say, okay, well, we're going to have this draft, this uh, brand draft. They're splitting up the rosters again. And you're still having these guys continuously jump back and forth between rosters. And if it does end after Crown Jewel, I'd be pleasantly surprised. I hope that it does. And I hope that, like, you know, that they do, because now, where are you going with the theme? It's just like... Yeah. I wouldn't like, know where to go. Doing, they're doing wide dirty, because mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to get another BS ending. Like, I I am guaranteeing it right now. I will... I will I will put a bowl of spicy ramen soup. Oh my god, no! Into this thing, no. <laughs> if I am wrong, oh my god, I will, I will. I will eat a bowl of volcano spicy ramen soup again. Um, that's if I'm wrong. Okay. Now, this, this is a very high possibility because, like, you, now you have another championship match with the with the fiend, and it's like you know, no rules, no holds barred. Like you know. Absolutely anything goes. Yeah. Now match can't be stopped. Hopefully can't be stopped. because you know now, it, you're gonna have two ways. You're gonna bury you're gonna bury somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for being like. Um <laughs> sorry, I had to get that out there. It's cool. Um, it's cool. But I mean you're gonna bury somebody in that match. Someone like you know, this this is basically like you know the the Texas showdown, one bolt to the finish. Someone's yeah. got to go. Mm-hmm. Like, and yet yeah, no, it's not going to be Rollins. For some god awful reason, you know it's not going to be Rollins because again, Wyatt doesn't need a championship to get himself over. He he's proven that. Yeah. Like you know, if you're gonna try to convince me that Wyatt, like you know, should have another title reign, why? Yeah. Like he he's proven on his own, that he's been able to get himself over, and he doesn't need a title to do it. Uh, yeah, that is totally true. Um, I really do hope that um, at Crown Jewel that um, it will probably all end. I still don't like uh, WWE doing this whole dark match type of thing where Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt, you're not going to get anything out of it. Nothing new is really going to happen. It's going to be the same old formula, and you know they wonder why people get upset at WWE. You know? Anyway, there is also another thing that I want to talk about specifically, and that is, I have no idea how recent this is, but like Twitter blew up over it because someone had taken a recording of a fan asking about like who Seth wanted to face like at WrestleMania, and Seth's, Seth Rollins' reply was that um, when Kenny Omega is done in the minor leagues, he could come to WWE, the best and top you know, pro wrestling, uh, company there is in the world. Um, and that got people like, you know, upset on both sides. And I understand that Rollins is trying to do his heel turn. It's not working, even though he's getting booed out the building. Like, I don't understand why Seth does not understand how being a heel works. Like, I don't know. I thought, give me one second, guys. Um, All right, so sorry about that. Um, but yeah, um, you guys can hear me? Yep. All right, cool. So, um, you know, I know that... All right, I'm going to put it out there. 
Seth Rollins has no personality. He does not. Um, and I think that plays a factor into how he wants to go about his character. And I think the whole mantra of burn it down is really getting boring and dry. And for him to say, you know, when Kenny's done in the minor leagues, um, it's sort of like, bro, AEW is beating you guys as a whole, as a whole company. Um, it's kind of a little weird. He should have went about it a different way to try to entice the fans like oh my god this could actually work at wrestlemania let's try to get this done but you guys can take over from there but that's what i want to talk about doesn't work out. There is one one person that I have my eye on and this is a long shot. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre versus The Fiend or Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins? Oh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I felt like that should have been a thing established first before they did anything with The Fiend, to be honest. I yeah. Like, you know, McIntyre deserves a run. Which... Which, by the way, um, if this past Monday, because, you know, Ric Flair was on Raw, um, he announced that Drew McIntyre is going to be the fifth member on his team for Crown Jewel when Ric Flair's team and Hogan's team face off each other. So maybe, maybe, if anybody wants to, like, listen out there, especially WWE creative, um, please have Drew McIntyre do something with Seth Rollins versus... Bray Wyatt, a crown jewel, just something. Because Drew McIntyre needs, like, his run. I hate when guys we we love, um, you know, had a horrible run in WWE and then leave and come back and get promised a lot of things, but, like, they don't deliver on it. I really hate that. Yeah, I feel like they did dirty, um, you know, with McIntyre. They, they brought him back, and he was, like, back in NXT, he was looking like a million dollars. Yeah, man. And then they brought him out to the main roster, still keeping the million dollar feel to him. But like they just evidently just dropped the ball with them, tagged them up with people, and it was just like, here we go. The uh, it's I, I wish I can call it the mid card vortex, but it, it's not. It, like it's absolutely worse. It's, it's like the creative vortex for this guy. Like I, I feel absolutely sorry for him right now. <laughs> I really do too, and I really think that WWE no longer has a mid card. I think WWE just has top guys and jobbers, and nothing in between. Mm. That that's a whole mood. I know it is. I know. <laughs> I'm, dude. Like, I bet you people are gonna realize that I love talking about AW NWA a lot more than I like talking about WWE. Um. And it's just that WWE is not giving me anything to work on to 
like talk about it. I don't want to keep talking about uh, Lana Rousseff and um, and Lashley every single week on this podcast. I really don't. We should not be there at this time and and day. Like these people should be wrestling. Lana should be managing. Like you know, she's sexy as hell. Let her be her manager self. Why have to go with like another dude who's married when all of them are married? Um, why do we have to keep bringing in boxers and like? other MMA fighters that just get a hefty check to be there. And that's it. You know, like they didn't go through the training and the quote unquote myth of paying your dues and whatnot. And then bam, they're in there, get a title shot and do all this kind of stuff. Like don't stray away from what wrestling used to mean, you know? And that's why I think we gravitate towards AEW. Yeah. We call, we say AEW is like the alternative and yes it is, but they still believe in what wrestling means. And it's kind of sad that when you have a behemoth like WWE losing their way and they're trying to scramble to try to catch up. And it's like, you guys have been resting for way too long and you guys don't know uh, how hungry, you know, you guys used to be. But now that since this competition, everything is not falling like how it should be. AEW taking the reins and ratings, beating, you know, NXT as a whole. And it's like, I don't get it, you know? Like, I fucking love wrestling. And I'm rambling. Well, I, 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 I definitely get where you're going with it. It's not like WWE is the only thing to watch. And it's like, okay, well, if you didn't like it, what are you going to watch? Impact? Oh, Impact. my God. <laughs> Impact. That's not going to be started on that. <laughs> well, those, those were your alternatives. I know, yeah. Um, There's, like, absolutely nothing. And, like, like impact already dug themselves into a hole yeah you know, this type of reputation that they've been getting but ever since anthem bought them out and ever since corgan i would say no since corgan took the reins before anthem bought them out mm-hmm. like, was doing amazing like they were they're you know they were finally turning characters around they were finally you know getting the bearings going on creative but at that point it was just like okay well is it already too late at this point to try to resuscitate a dead entity yeah you're you're taking a company that like people like you know murdered like you know Mm -hmm. cement blocks on your feet like you know like 2000 leagues under the sea like how how much do you want to go about like you know trying to like you know resuscitate a company i admit they they're about maybe like you know you know head above ground now Mm mm-hmm I think that's where they are, just kind of on ground. Like, yeah. I don't think they've made waves into regards to recovering the type of identity that they wanted to have. Yep, that's totally true. Um, but now we, we have a lot more options. So, like, you know, if you don't like WWE, if you don't like Impact, uh, let's just say, like, you know, you, you're you're bored with Ring of Honor. Now you have, like, you know, AEW. Now you have NWA. Oh. Um, you know, there, there's a lot more options to go with now. It, it's amazing. It, like, like you know, there's major league wrestling now. Yeah, it, it's like you know, there's many sayings to this on the internet, but it all comes to like you know, what a time to be a wrestling fan right now. Definitely. Like you know, whereas it's like you know, if you're a fan of having all these options like you were in the past, like you're gonna enjoy what it what it is to have on the market right now because you have like you know so much talent just like everywhere doing a lot of things like you know. You could uh, pick one of these things and resonate with it, like you know, like Alpha Rust, for example. Oh, man. Towards the NWA product, like yeah. 
because like you know he's such a like you know an old school mark he is like, yeah, <laughs> you know uh like you know let, let's just say for you for example like aew because like you know you, you love the elite you love the guys like you know it's the person uh personalities the mm-hmm. ability everything that drew into that like you know for me i'm a new japan pro guy because like you know they you know they brought back a style of wrestling that like you know i thought i would never get a chance to see bringing into like you know a whole bunch of talent that like you know i you know never been exposed to and which was amazing and like you know it, it may be invested into that product now th- there's just so many options right out there right now and like you know there is something for everybody it's just like you know you just need to spend time uh uh let me cut in um Gio, which one are you since i'm like aw <laughs> epic is end of uh new japan and alpha rust is uh nwa <laughs> well, because I can't really talk for you, I wouldn't know. I mean, they just—I just want them to get better. But I have been tuning in to AEW first, and then watching NXT on the WWE Network because I don't want to deal with. I like wrestling. <laughs> All right, so he is our—he's our wrestling pal. <laughs> I don't know. He's the he's the he's the, uh, the neutral. He's the neutral one. Um, he's the neutral one. I, I, I'm not trying to get any wars. Do- I, mean, <laughs> I, I think like you know, like I don't think we're trying to spark wars. Like it's more like you know having like a a, a preference of sorts. I mean, I like WWE. I don't like their creative direction. You know, creative is ass. They- <laughs> Um, I do want to mention that, uh, Gia, when you signed up to uh, do this podcast with us, you were already in a war, so it's totally okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I mean, we signed up for this. We're all in this together talking about wrestling because that's what our passion is. And this is why we um, did this podcast in the first place. Is because we all have passions, we all have ideas and theories of how the wrestling business could probably improve, and what we don't like, what we like, and everything in between. Um, that wraps it up for me. Uh, does anyone else on our panel want to add anything? Uh, I think I'm okay. What'd you say, Gio? Yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, if the theme doesn't succeed, hopefully Drew McIntyre, I would like to see the tag team division both for the win and all survive. I just want to see... Hello? Now you cut out. Yeah. Drew, you cut out, buddy. Hello? Okay. Uh, hello? Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
which is coming up soon in November. So we'll be able to see that. We'll talk about that too. Um, all right, cool. So I am happy. Uh, you know, this podcast was amazing. Uh, we went through all the topics. We even added topics of Ring of Honor and New Japan. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are currently watching this live or you will be listening to it on Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube, when I put it up, uh, just make sure to follow us on various social medias. If you're watching us on YouTube, please make sure to hit that follow and subscribe button. That would definitely help us out. We are at 10 subscribers. We hit a goal. And I am super excited that we did because our next goal is to try to reach 20 um, subscribers. And uh, for you subscribing to the Square Circle podcast, you will be on a wondrous wrestling adventure with us, whether it be live during our podcast or whenever I myself go with JD Alpha to his wrestling matches and could do these vlogs with him and add it up as extra content. Uh, like in the opening, I have mentioned that um, this weekend we are going to Jersey. Um, JD Alpha will be uh, in a singles match against his rival, uh, Akira. Um, and we're going to be vlogging, taking videos, and that will be your bonus content. And if you like bonus content, if you want to be a participant, if you just want to be a fan, just make sure to follow us on YouTube. I'm currently streaming this on Twitch just to see how this works. If you are on Twitch, give us a follow on Twitch. Make sure to follow our Twitter channels at Marie underscore shadows. Epic, plug in yours. Uh, you, uh, if you guys want to follow me, some god awful reason. Um, <laughs> Epic. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at I am underscore Epic. Um, you, you can find me doing live streaming um, anytime Friday on my D Live channel at dlive.tv slash Epicism. And uh, if you also were down for merch, visit my shop <laughs> at teespring.com slash stores slash Epicism. Because we got everything for the fall season. So check it out. And Geo, plug in your stuff. Geo? Can you hear me? Yeah, just plug in your stuff. Okay. Follow me on Twitter is Real Silent G. That's all I got. All right. Um, so this was wonderful. Um, I can't wait to see everyone on the next podcast. And just so you know, you have been listening to the Square Circle podcast hosted by Marie Shadows, joined by Epic and Geo. And this is the best podcast you guys ever heard. Have a wonderful night. See you guys. Have a night. And that's a wrap, guys, for episode three of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I was joined by Epic and Geo, despite all technical difficulties. You are listening to episode three on Anchor. We are also on Spotify and other major podcast outlets. We thank you guys for tuning in every week to hear our thoughts on professional wrestling, including AEW, NWA, New Japan, WWE, and all other wrestling outlets out there. You guys enjoy this. Make sure to follow us on all social medias. We'll see you guys next time on the 